Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And welcome in to yet another edition of Believe in Titans podcast with the with John Glennon from all Titans at SI.com, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker, and I'm David Beauclair, also at all Titans at SI.com. You can find our work there, SI.com slash NFL slash Titans. And uh and we'll get right to the story that uh that remains a story, has been for I guess about three weeks now at Titans OTAs on Tuesday. Ryan Tannehill addressed what he had said following the draft about uh about Malik Willis and uh and how he didn't believe it was his job to mentor the rookie quarterback and and all the uh all the I guess brouhaha that resulted from that uh in a nutshell he said he didn't didn't like the way he was portrayed based on those comments thought those that people took those comments ran in in sort of the wrong direction with them in particular he didn't like the characterization that he is afraid or unwilling to compete for his job and uh or that that he is a bad teammate in any way so john glennon i'll start with you um was, was he effective in 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 getting his message across and and do you think this issue will die now, or or is it something that will can will continue to some degree into the off season? Yeah, I, I thought he was very effective, and and in general, what we've seen, I think, from Ryan Tannehill this off season, you know, he talked about how uh, you know he he's done a lot of kind of self evaluation and maybe some some help uh, for Ryan Tannehill during the off season. I, I think he's been very revealing about a lot of things uh, so far this off season, and. In that regard, I, I do think he was effective. I, I actually thought the issue was kind of dead already. I was a little bit surprised that he dove right in and addressed it. Uh, but, but good on him. And, and my, my reaction is, you know, I, I think there are very few people who, who disagreed with his own evaluation today. I think almost everyone thought of him as a good teammate, as, as being generally supportive. 
it was simply that he that he made that odd choice of of going somewhere he didn't need to go when he said I'm not going to be or it's not my job to to mentor him and I think maybe today he cleared up a little bit when he kind of defined what mentor meant for him you know when when he said it's a little bit deeper maybe than just kind of a you know uh, uh, offering a few pointers kind of things he said I've I've had help from hundreds of guys but only a few mentors and that's something that is a you know kind of a big commitment on both ends a lot of time and a lot of energy and you know maybe for him he was simply saying that that he wasn't necessarily going to be at that big deep level right away but certainly you know I I think everyone thought he was going to be a generally supportive teammate yeah I, I I that was the one area that I thought he wasn't as effective in when he played semantics with the word mentor I I, I think he I think he might have been better served because he you know he did the right thing in terms of attacking the issue head-on saying you know saying where he thought people got it wrong, whatever, but, but I think he probably, what he, we, he could have maybe should have said there was, okay, instead of the word mentor, probably what I should have said was, I don't think it's right. my job to help this guy take my job, you know, plain and simple. And, and I think, I think he might've, he might've been a little better served there, but, uh, but otherwise I, I do, I think I'm with you. I think he was effective and, and, and a lot of it had to do with sort of his, his attitude and demeanor up there. He wasn't defensive. He wasn't, he wasn't sort of standoffish or, or even attacking the media. He was, he was just sort of, you know, I, I just didn't like this. And, and he, he was, he was very comfortable in explaining what he didn't like. And he didn't, didn't call anybody out in particular. And, and I, and I, and I liked too, that he said, I, you know, I didn't read everything that was written or I didn't listen to everything that was said, but I had a general sense of, how this thing was going badly and how quickly it was going badly. And, and then he, uh, you know, he, he just sat back and waited till his next turn to get up in front of the media to address it. Denard, I'll ask you this, you, you know, as a, as a veteran player, when you had done a lot of media stuff, were you, were you concerned ever when you were talking to the media, number one, did, you know, were you try to be, did you try to be careful with your words? And, and two is, is this the kind of distraction that, that can, I don't know, impact Ryan Tannehill's off-season work in any way, do you think? Well, first of all, you know, we have classes that we go through uh, before the season starts and how we communicate uh, with the media to make sure that we say the right things and make sure that things are not misconstrued. Unfortunately, sometimes things don't come out uh, the way that, you know, at least when we're giving a – let's say kind of a response uh, uh, from a question you, you guys ask us and it comes out the wrong way. So what we try to do is to make sure that we keep everything very clear and be honest with y'all, because I mean, we feel like as uh, you know, as players, we do have an obligation to the media and I can understand where Ron is coming from. I said this when we first talked about this situation, it was a non-issue because this is something that it could be, blown up out of proportion. And I don't think that this is the case. And I love what Ryan said. He meant no disrespect to Malik. And I love when we talked about the word mentor, because in mentoring in the National Football League doesn't mean that you have to take a guy under your wings. What you're doing is 
it's it's little things like off the field. Uh, I know he had Malik over to his house for dinner, just getting a chance to know an individual. And I don't think this is going to be an issue because you know what kind of teammate, you know what kind of player Ron is. Ron is one of the best teammates that a, a team or a young, uh, organization can have. He is the face of Tennessee. And he's never had any issues other than this little situation. So, again, I don't think that this is going to be something that's going to hinder this team going forward. I think it's going to be a plus. I think it's going to be a plus for Malik to get a chance to learn from a player of Ron's caliber. He's been in this league for 11 years, 11 years, and he's taken this organization to three straight playoff appearances. So, again, what you what Malik ends what Malik is going to win in this situation because he gets a chance to learn from one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League and Ron Tannehill. So I don't think that this is going to be an issue at all. And, and John, to your point that, you know, you thought it was mostly a dead issue already. Malik Willis went a long way to doing yeah. that with, with when he met with the media at, at, at rookie minicamp and, and how he sort of laughed it off. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, I think everybody probably comes away from this figuring, you know, these are, these are two really good guys who, you know, it, it, it'd be odd probably if they didn't get along to in that meeting room and, and in the huddle, what it, you know, however they're working together. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think, again, a lot of it kind of goes back to, you know, whatever somebody's definition of mentor is, right. because a lot of the things that, that Ryan Tannehill is doing and Malik Willis has appreciated, you know, things like reaching out, Denard, you mentioned, you know, having yeah. him over to the house, supporting him, you know, uh, helping out there. A lot of people would say that is what a mentor does, um, you know, which, which makes, you know, it, it's kind of puzzling, you know, again, Ryan Tannehill's de- definition of, of mentor apparently a little bit different, a little bit deeper meaning on that front, which is why he said what he did. But, you know, I, I think there would be very, very few, if anybody, either in the local media or on the Titans team that would, would consider Tannehill a poor teammate, you know, whether it was before he said what he said or, or after. I, I think, uh, you know, his reputation is, is an excellent one. Yeah, ultimately, it's the nature of the quarterback position, right? The most popular guy on the roster is always the backup quarterback. And, and there, there's nothing that excites a fan base like a, like a team drafting a quarterback. And, and you know, contrast that to a guy like Theo Jackson, sixth-round pick, who, who by all accounts, you know, what we've seen in, in, in a couple of rookie camp workouts and, and in one OTA so far, you know, looks like a guy who can play in this league, who's going to make some contributions. No one is sitting here going, when is he going to take Kevin Byard's job? Right. No. And, you know, like this, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, yeah. it, it'll probably happen eventually, but, but no one's, no one's thinking what's going to happen. How's it, you know, how's that going to play out when it's going to happen? It, you know, it, it's just the nature of the quarterback position. And, and Denard, you, you mentioned it. This is Ryan Tannehill's 11th year in the league, right? None of this is new to him. He, no. he understands what, what he's dealing with as the quarterback of an NFL team. Yeah, he's been around the block a few times, 33 years old. He, he's been through this in Miami. When he got here in two, it was in 2019, he took over Marcus Mariota. I mean, that wasn't an issue there. And what happened? That team ended up going to the AFC Championship. Listen, he is a veteran. You know, he's been around the block. He knows. He knows how the system works. And for guys a lot in this league, you don't know when it's your last play. You know, no one, there's no guaranteed in a national football league. I don't care if you sign a four-year, or five-year, or six-year deal. I mean, you can be gone. You can be cut tomorrow. That's just the way it works. But I have a, I have a situation 
that has been bothering me. And David and John, you can clarify this. We've talked a lot about Malik Willis being the successor of this team, but no one's talked about Logan Woodside. Last time I checked, Logan Woodside was the backup quarterback on this team. So again, why, why, we need to address this issue. Why haven't, where, where, where do we need to, we need to talk about Logan Woodside. I mean, where, where is he in all of this situation? It, it's a it's a great question, and uh, you know, if say something happens to Ryan Tannehill and he misses three or four games in a row this year, you know, do the Titans take the plunge and and say, well, let's get Malik Willis some uh, some game experience right off the bat, or do you say, you know, Logan Woodside, we've invested two and a half years into you, it's it's your time, go out, show us what you can do. I, I think uh, you know Woodside's a guy who is who has held off veteran competitors. You know, every, every guy they've brought in in camp the He's last couple of years from, from Trevor Simeon to Matt Barkley, uh, you know, even there was some chatter with Kevin Hogan this offseason. People like, well, that guy's going to be the number two, and, and it never happens. So there's, uh, you know, the, 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 this coaching staff clearly likes and has faith in Logan Woodside, who, who has almost no game experience to speak of. So, you, you know, John – what what would you do, I guess? What what do you think would happen in that situation? Yeah, well, what I was going to say was it, it brings up another question, too. Just on a, on a regular basis, if if all of your quarterbacks are healthy, you know, it's been a long time since the Titans dressed three quarterbacks on any kind of a regular basis. Every now and then we'll see it, you know, if one of the top two is, is nursing an injury and it's kind of questionable. But in this situation, do the Titans, you know, consider dressing three on any kind of a regular basis? Because obviously Logan Woodside is, is you know, very comfortable in the system. The coaches like him and would probably be, you know, at, at this point in time would be better stepping in for, for an injured Ryan Tannehill if that was to occur in the middle of a game. But on the other hand, don't you want to have Malik Willis in there just for some some packages uh, even if he's not completely comfortable at running the team right now, you know, you give him some of the offensive packages and you use some of that offensive playmaking ability that we have seen from Malik Willis, you know, that's got to be tempting as well. So you, you run that or you, you ask that question, do we go with three quarterbacks, uh, you know, on, on a regular basis? Does that hurt us, you know, depth wise, whether that's on the offensive line, defensive line? DBs or whatever, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting question for the Titans, you know, moving, moving forward at the start of the season also. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, right? I remember the 2018 game here at Nissan Stadium. I think Lamar Jackson was on the yeah, field right. for two plays in that game, and one of them was about a 35-yard touchdown run or something. I remember, you know, you could just see the speed and the athleticism, and you thought, wow, that guy's going to be a problem when he's got the ball in his hands every single time. And, uh, you know, that that's that's what's kind of happened in the last couple of years. So, Denard, you raised the question, what uh, – you know how would how would you handle that situation is uh is logan woodside the guy you're turning to yes yes well because of experience i mean when you look at logan he's been in this program what about four years now i believe so if you look at look at the way that he played through uh preseason uh last year he pretty much took all of the reps those three games and i mean he looked phenomenal i mean i was really impressed how he took command of that offense 
I love how it's like he had the system down. And that's what you want from your backup. The most important job in the National Football League is the backup quarterback. Because we know that in this league, if your star quarterback goes down, when you bring in a backup quarterback, you don't want to lose a beat. With Logan, Logan gives you a chance to win and to win now. You don't know how a rookie quarterback is going to progress throughout the season. It might take Malik one. It might take him three or four years down the line to be ready to take a snap in the National Football League. You just don't know, David, uh, just with the process of how you groom a quarterback. Again, when when you think of Malik Willis, the first name that comes to mind he's going to hang, be hanging around with is Pat O'Hara. Pat O'Hara and Malik Willis would be best friends. You know, and I'm telling you, that's just the, how it, the way it works in this league. Because when you develop a young quarterback, you need to make sure you put a good quarterback coach around him. So that's where he's going to get grooming is Pat O'Hara and also offensive coordinator Todd Downing. That's, that's what they do in practice when, you know, defense go and if the defense period, you always see your quarterbacks and the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator they go to a different side of the field they're doing all kinds of route record you know just kind of doing little things the nuances of the game so again I understand that's why I said the situation with Malik Willis it's going to be determined by Pat Hara and Todd Downing how well they can develop him but I don't know if he's going to be ready September the 11th but I know one thing for sure is that if I had to go with anybody in a backup situation just in case that Ryan Tannehill if he gets hurt and I don't wish that but again I'm going with Logan Woodside as my backup. And, and all three quarterbacks are in attendance and, and working at OTAs right now. It, there was, uh, in fact, it, in the early part of the workout, they did a, a, a rookie period while the veterans were doing a, a team period too, just to just to make sure there was there were enough reps for everybody to go around. I think at that point, um, the OTAs it is a voluntary. This is phase three of the off season. It is still a voluntary portion of the off season, and and a number of guys are not in attendance. Sean Glennon, you you have written a piece about this where you you sort of looked at who's here and who's not. Let's start with uh, give give us a rundown of some of the the bigger names who are not in attendance right now. Yeah, and there that is not necessarily a short list either. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think especially on the defensive side, you look at a lot of the veterans: Bud Dupree, uh, Danico Autry, Harold Landry, Kevin Byard. Uh, you know, Zach Cunningham. Are, are some of the names that we did not see today uh, offensively. Obviously, Derrick Henry is the, is the big name uh, there. But, um, you know, I think Nate Davis, uh, uh, Jeff Swain, also some of the, the veterans that, that were not there. Um, and, you know, I, I can see, you know, there are passionate Titans fans out there, and I completely get where they're coming from. They want to, you know, hey, we only we, we didn't win a playoff game last year. We were a, dis- a disappointment in the postseason. We should be taking advantage of, of every single opportunity. I, I understand that passion, and I also understand the, uh, the the coaches wanting, obviously, the players to be there. But people have to recognize that this is something that was bargained out between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. These are the are the rules. These guys aren't breaking any rules. They're not holdouts. These are voluntary sessions, and I think sometimes we all have to sort of step back uh, and, and look maybe at our own jobs and at our own lives. And, and if the rules and the guidelines said, hey, if you feel comfortable where you're at, there's no need to come into work today, 
How many of us would be saying, I am coming in there anyway. I, I need to be there, uh, you know, and, and I think that question needs to be asked sometimes. And you have to, to you know, bring that human perspective in a little bit. Well, and it, it's sort of a, a it's a product of COVID in a lot of ways. You know, COVID has changed yeah. a lot of things. And and there was a lot of work done virtually in the off seasons. Guys, guys found ways to to get their training done on their own. And they realized, you know what, I can get ready for a season and I don't have to be in the yes. in the facility every single day it, and and it, it's no different for the rest of us i mean how many folks are are working from home uh, you know a couple days a week or, or full-time nowadays it's you know it, it it's no different and denard i'm curious you know you came in the league in 1997 there were voluntary portions of the off season then but but the word voluntary sort of had a different meaning then, didn't it? Than, than no, what it does right now? <laughs> heck no, it's the same. I told you guys what veterans do in OTAs, you're not going to see. I mean, look at it. What do you, I mean, let's just take, I'm going to tell our fans, listen, Jeffrey Simmons, 2021 Pro Bowler, Kevin Barr, 2021 First Team All Pro, Bud Dupree, last year, a five-year, $85 million deal, let me just, Harold Landry had his best year, 12 sacks. He was rewarded with an $87.5 million contract. Derrick Henry wasn't at, at camp. You're talking about the reigning rushing NFL MVP. So, again, what do you fans want? It's OTAs, voluntary. Listen, this is in your contract. You don't have to show up. Now, training camp, yes, voluntary OTAs. No, why? Because this is the nucleus of your team. What are these guys are going to, what are they going to do now, uh, John and David, that's going to get them ready for September 11th? You got a whole training camp to get ready. What they're doing is, you know, what you're going to get out of these players. Guys have been doing this from the beginning of time. I was the same way. You're not going to see Denard walk. You probably see me around, but I'm not going to be practicing. It is not time for the veterans because they have training camp to get ready. That's the purpose. That's the part of the game. Training camp is for the veterans. This is the time for the young guys to get them acclimated to the system. So, again, this is a non-issue because we used to do it, too. You wasn't going to see Eddie George around the facility in May. You probably won't even see Eddie in June, but July come training camp, he's looking like the Hulk. Yeah, that's just the way it works. Those guys, they go and learn in Los Angeles. They're in Vegas. They're doing their thing, but they're getting ready for the season. And the way that veterans get ready for the season is training camp. So at what point do most guys feel comfortable staying away, though? Because there, you know, there is this sense that well, if if I'm not there, you know, out of sight, out of mind, they might fall in love with somebody else at my position, right? Like, it, like, like, what do you have to accomplish to where you feel comfortable enough to say, you know, I'll show up when I show up, and they'll be happy to see me? Well, first of all, you just paid Kevin Byard. He's the, <laughs> the top. He's the top. Who are you going to replace KB with? Tell me, Gary Henry's not there. Who are you going to replace the King with? You, you just paid Harold Landry. He has to play. What are you going to replace him with? You mean you're going to give me $87.5 million, Don, and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to replace you if you're not here. I'm like, go ahead. If you <laughs> gave me guaranteed money, John, and David, I would have said, you know what? If y'all say right now, Denard, we're going to give you $100 million and you say, okay, guarantee. And then I said, well, you, you say it's voluntary. And I said, well, you know what? Today I don't feel like I want to work on my tan. You can't force me to do it, but you still got to pay me, right? 
Right. Let me, well, let it's me. the same thing. It's <laughs> the same thing. Listen, I, guys have been doing this from the beginning of time. This is nothing new. It is when I went to Denver, Mike Shanahan had us. Well, he was a little different. You will be there for OTAs. And that was just the way Mike was. When it's time to work, it's time to work. Every coach is different. Mike Brabel is no different than Jeff Fisher. Why? They have something in common. They both were players. Jeff was a player. He knows how players think. Coaches know this. Mike Shanahan was different. Come OTAs, you will be there. But we didn't practice. You didn't really do anything. You went outside for about 45 minutes, did some stretching, cover a uh, couple of coverages, and that was it. That's just the way it is. Everybody's different. I love what Mike Vrabel's doing because he knows that come time when it comes time for training camp, I know I can count on Zach Cunningham. I know I can count on Harold Landry. And that's where guys start to make their money because you can't skip training camp. You get paid for that. Let me uh, just quick raise a, a, a couple questions. Like, for instance, today I was watching uh, the offensive line, you know, practice and, and uh, Taylor Lewan, you know, a veteran who, who was there, uh, um, was clearly stepping in with some of the rookies like Nicholas uh, Petit Frere and, and so forth, offering tips. Same with Dylan Radens, offering some tips, some pointers, hey, you need to do this and this. Um, so from the aspect of, of whether it's teaching or whether the leadership uh, in general, is there something to be said in that regard for, for some veterans being there, um, you know, kind of showing examples uh, in, in both of those ways? That's great. I mean, everybody's different, John. I understand yeah. where you come from because this could be a teaching time where Kevin Byer can come in and teach those young players. Listen, this is how we do things here. This is how you should go at it. These are the angles that you can take. But when you get in like OTAs, that's kind of a time where you have a young coach and the coaches kind of take those young guys aside and he can understand what from a coach's perspective, this is what I want. This is what I expect out of you. So, uh, players, listen, when we go into the season next year, let's just say we are like I'm playing. When they go into that game against the Giants, uh, September 11th, they're going into that game against, they're going into that game with Kevin Byard, more than like he's going to be your starting free safety, Jeffrey Simmons, all of these guys that we just mentioned. Those are the guys that you pay to get the job done. That's why you pay them so handsomely. That's just the way it works in this league. So guys usually take this time to kind of get their self mentally ready, kind of mentally prepared. And some guys do it differently. Again, Taylor may feel comfortable going out there and saying, listen, I got a lot of young offensive line. I want to go out there and just kind of give some pointers and some tips. Some guys don't feel comfortable. They feel like, you know what? Let the coach do his job. Let him do what he's paid to do. Let him coach. So again, I'm not faulting these players for not being there because Jeff, he held us to the same standard. Listen, I know it's OTAs. If you was a starter, I don't expect to see you, but maybe on that last OTA, I want you guys in here for that three-day camp. Come in, do a couple of reps, but again, the young guys, they're going to get the bulk of the rest because training camp, John and David, that's when your veterans, they're going to get the bulk of the rest, and then you're going to see the young guys, they're not going to get those reps. They're going to get two or three reps here, and then a lot of their reps is going to come out. It's going to come after practice. So again, this is valuable teaching moments for young players. OTAs is for young players, and for the veterans, it's like I used to say, go work on your tan. Just go work on your tan. <laughs> 
Well, one one veteran who is in attendance and and was doing some things on the field, not everything, but uh, but most notably running was wide receiver Robert Woods, one of the uh, one of the big offseason acquisitions, a, a guy like Bud Dupree a year ago coming off reconstructive knee surgery. Uh, John Glennon, what did you see from Robert Woods? How how good a sign is it that, that he's out there running around right now? It was very encouraging, uh, to be honest, because, you know, I mean, every, everybody comes back from uh, injuries and especially ACLs, I think, and, you know, with different timelines. So you, you're just never sure, uh, you know, and, and Robert Woods kind of had his, um, you know, sort of midway or, 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 you know, even later than midway uh, through the season last year. So honestly, I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that we're seeing him at this level and he's not at a hundred percent, you know, he still had the knee brace on out there today. He didn't, he wasn't what I would call a full practice participant, even though he was out there the, the whole time, but he is developing that chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. That's, that's, you know, certainly a, a good reason to be at OTAs for a veteran. Um, you know, so I was, I was encouraged by what we saw from him and I was encouraged also by what Ryan Tannehill said about him. You know, I, I think there's clearly, you know, a, a clicking taking place. Ryan Tannehill kind of respects Robert Woods's attitude about the game. Um, you know, the fact that he wants to get out there, that the fact that he wants to get after it. And uh, I, I think that, you know, they looked good throwing the ball uh, to one another today. And, and I, I think that's a big step in the, uh, in the right direction for Robert Woods. Yeah, I I would not say that he was, you know, in full flight at any right. point today. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. his stride didn't look long and loose. It, you know, he he and maybe that's maybe that's the brace. Maybe that's still part of the recovery. Maybe more like more than likely, it's probably some of both. But uh, but one thing we've learned about Ryan Tannehill in two and a half years as a starting quarterback is he is very particular with with route design and whatnot and and if if he if he expects or if if the if the you know he expects a guy to be at 12 yards for example when he does the in and not 12 and a half not 11 yards and and he can you know with a guy like Robert Woods right now they can talk through some of those things and 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 sort of sort of gain that understanding because because let's face it there's you know there's nobody among that wide receiver group that you can say is, uh, you know, is, is really proven that, you know, there, there's not, you know, AJ Brown's gone, right. There's not that guy that, that, that implicit trust is there at this point. So, so they're going to have to, they're going to have to put in that work. Um, Denard knee injuries. We, we all know it, it takes a long time. What, you know, what, what, what are reasonable expectations for, for folks from Robert Woods say, through training camp, the start of the season, you know, what, what do you think are reasonable? Uh, you just said it, uh, David, time. It takes time. Don't rush an injury. That's the worst thing you can do because what you don't want is to set him back. And what Robert, you know, he's been in the game now for 10 years. He's a vet, 30 years old. Uh, he's been a productive receiver in this league for a long time. But his best friend, his best friend, someone that he's been spending a lot of time with, and believe me, I know, is Todd, is it Todd Torricelli, the trainer uh, for the Titans? That's who has his work cut out for him right now because that's where he's getting a lot of that rehab. And Todd Torricelli has a lot to say. Listen, Robert, I know you want to go full speed. I know earlier on I was reading some of the articles and he was talking about he felt like they were holding him back in Nashville. Well, you know why? 
because listen, this team gave up a lot to get you here. They traded for you. They gave up a six rounder, a 2023 uh, to LA. So, but, but listen, this is the way it works. If you're, if you're Todd Torricelli, you're telling Robert Woods, listen, if you look at our receiving core this year, and he's probably not saying like this, but we really don't have nobody other than you and our first round pick trailing Burks. If you look at it, look at the guys that you have on the perimeter. And I'm not saying this is Todd Torricelli, but you have a lot of unproven uh, players racing McMath your last year, your six round pick. I mean, we saw him last year kind of get in some games and spurts, but again, he didn't show you that he can be a number one receiver. You think about Dez Fitzpatrick, your fourth rounder last year. He came on late. I thought Dez, you know, he, he showed some production, and that's what you want to see. But uh, Cody Hollister, he started the New England game. You talk about Mason Kinsey. We talk about the young Kyle Phillips. These are a lot of players, like John said, they're unproven. So when you think about your, your, your core, I mean, you think about your strength, you know your strength is in your running game. You arguably got the best running back in the league. Other than that, who do you have on the perimeters? You have a rookie in Traylon Burks that I don't want to get into the, you know, what's going on up there. But again, right now, you need 100%. You need the Robert Woods that we saw in 2018 and 2019 that had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. And if you're hurt and if you can't explode and if there's no continuity, without continuity, you can't build chemistry. So right now, if you're Robert Woods, take it easy. You know, listen, this team don't, they don't need you right now. What they need is a healthy Robert Woods. And the only way that you're going to get healthy, it's going to take you some time. And so right now for him, it's just getting that knee stronger, getting that ligament stronger. And that's how he's going to be able to contribute to this team. Because we saw last year, this team brought in arguably one of the greatest receivers in Julio Jones, but he couldn't stay. He couldn't. He was injured for most of the season, and we saw pretty much his – really, it was probably in, what, 11 years in the National Football League, his lowest production in 11 years. You're talking about one of the most explosive, one of the most electric players in NFL history, and he had less than 500 receiving yards and one touchdown. That's not going to cut it. And we also saw, if you look at the Houston game, when you saw a health – kind of when he started getting healthy, it just seemed like him and Ryan was off. So, again, just take your time. You don't win no football game in May, June, and July. You win them in September, October, November, December. So, right now, uh, David, it's about just taking your time and trying to make sure you get everybody healthy going into training camp. Yeah, as we as we start to wrap this thing up, you mentioned Des Fitzpatrick, and he was a guy I was paying close attention to because he's uh, he, he's obviously a, a, an interesting story based on a, a generally disappointing rookie season. And there was there was one rep I saw in in individual drill where he he looked like he looked like a baby deer, like his legs were sort of like, he, like he couldn't keep up with his feet, and then the ball came his way and he dropped it, and you thought you kind of went oh come on and then in seven on seven he made a terrific contested catch against uh against safety Amani Hooker you know who is an NFL player you know that that wasn't a rookie that was a safety who was in the right spot made a play on the ball and and a really good play and you go okay well that you know that's 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 the promising sort of thing and and he just needs to you know I just started thinking he needs to even those things off you can't have those you know like you can't have the terrible rep in a game because that that turns into you know a ball going the other way for the defense or whatever and uh and if he can iron those things out he'll gain a lot of trust and uh john glennon I, along those same lines what 
give me a quick observation or two that you had from this first OTA and, uh, and, and what did you, what did you draw from it? I'll stick with the, the pass catchers uh, on that one. One thing I liked was what I saw from, uh, from Austin Hooper, uh, you know, and that's another new face in the pass catching department that Ryan Tannehill needs to uh, develop chemistry with. And I, I thought, you know, Austin Hooper had some good catches today. He had a number of catches today. And I think both Tannehill and Hooper were, again, talking about that chemistry taking place. Uh, the more reps they get together, um, you, you know, the, the better it will get. The other uh, situation I, I pulled from today's OTA is, is, is still the weirdest situation so far of the offseason, and that is Traylon Burks, uh, the, the first-round draft pick. You know, at the rookie minicamp, we saw him in and out of practice, you know, whether he was dealing with, uh, you know, allergies, whether it's potentially asthma, whether he was just out of shape, uh, uncertain. But it, it sort of repeated itself a little bit today, uh, not nearly as as noticeable but he did again kind of go in and out of drills uh today and and i you know mike vrabel would rather you know walk on hot coals than then clear up anything in terms of of injury or anything like that but if it is something like like allergies or or asthma that Traylon burks is dealing with you know i i think mike vrabel would do well by his first round draft pick to mention that and, and, you know, take away a lot of this criticism that Traylon Burks is getting that people consider him just completely out of shape and so forth, which I find hard to believe anybody would be so out of shape, you know, that he was exhausted on his first drill of the first uh, day. So, again, it's a weird situation. We, we, he was out there today, again, in and out. So, you know, we're, we're left kind of wondering, uh, you know, what exactly the deal is with, with Traylon Burks going forward. It does. It does bear watching, and it and it will probably warrant some more discussion, and we will be among those discussing it as we go forward. But that is gonna that is gonna wrap our time for today. As always, Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you, John Glennon. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And thank you all for listening. And we will uh, we will talk to you next week. This is the Believe in Titans podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.